Hello and welcome to Sheep Talk Baby, where the sheeple go bah! <laughs> all jokes aside, wanted to come on here and uh, say thank you to all the people that have shown me all the support in getting this started. No, this would be possible without you guys. Um, this episode isn't going to be too long. Um, Merry Christmas, by the way, to everyone. I hope this is a great Christmas present. A little late Christmas present, dropping the day after Christmas, but still. Um, this episode is going to be nothing more than just like an intro to what I'm going to talk about. Um, I guess I'll just start with how I obtained the mindset I currently obtained. Um, it all started... When I was a young boy, actually, it kind of started right when I was born, because ironically, my birthday is on 9-11. And for a while, I thought 9-11 was the only conspiracy theory that existed. So I went to public school in the D.C. area my entire life. And in elementary school, you would get like... So, like, every day, the morning announcements would come on. It would be like, ding, ding, ding. The bell would ring. And then this chick would come on the microphone and be like, good morning, Jaguars. The time of the office is 8.50 a.m. And then she would announce the happy birthday. So she'd be like, happy birthday to Jimbo. Please come receive your happy birthday pencil. And every whoever's birthday it was that day, they'd go to the front office and they'd get a super sick pencil. I still have mine. I, I, I saved all of mine. Like they're, they're like fucking dope. Like you can like change the colors on them and everything just by like rubbing your thumb against it. But they'd be like, please come to the office to receive your happy birthday pencil. Well, my birthday was 9-11, right? And the chick would come on the microphone and be like, good morning, Jaguars. The time of the office is 8.50 a.m. We now ask for a minute of silence for all the victims of 9-11. And then it would be like a minute would go by. And it would be the longest minute of my entire life every fucking year. And the minute would go by. And then right after that minute, that minute of silence, she would go, happy birthday to Joe. Please come receive your happy birthday pencil. And I would, uh, of course, stroll on up to the office and walk in and all of the administration in the front office would be so somber. And I'd walk in happy as hell because it's my birthday and the pencils are fucking dope and I just wanted to get my fucking pencil. And it, it, it was just not a fun experience. I have to argue that the worst birthday of all time is September 11th, especially if you're an American. Christmas is a close second. But regardless, I think God kind of made my birthday on 9-11 to make a podcast like this where we just wake up the sheeple, you know. So I, uh, from a young age, I kind of just started looking into, it it all really revolved around 9-11 for a couple years. Like, I didn't even know what 9-11 looked like until I was like 11 or 12 years old and I just pulled up on YouTube and saw the planes flying to the building. I saw the Pentagon from one camera angle, you know, the most secure building in the world, just one camera angle of uh, 
the quote-unquote plane that flew into it. You guys will understand later on if you aren't familiar with the conspiracy. Um, but yeah, I thought it was only 9-11. So fast forward to when I was 13 years old. My dad is a very big conspiracy theorist like myself. I attribute a lot of the knowledge that I know today to my dad. Um, fast forward to when I was 13. My dad, it was like a Saturday, and I was just like ready to just like play like Call of Duty that day. I was really big in the video games back in the day, and this motherfucker's like, we're watching this movie. And that movie was Who Killed the Electric Car? If you can take anything away from this podcast today, I highly recommend, especially the sheeple, to watch the movie Who Killed the Electric Car? So back in the 80s, General Motors, you know, they're like the owners of Chevy, I think Ford too. Like, I don't even know what off the top of my head. It doesn't fucking matter. But General Motors had a full-on electric car in the fucking 80s that you could literally, all you need was a plug-in in your garage, like an outlet in your garage, and you could just charge your car and not pay for gas or anything. This was in the goddamn 80s. Two years after the car was on the road, they all get recalled. And the whole point of the movie is like, who killed the electric car? Was it the gas companies? Was it politicians? Was it the deep state? Um, And it really makes me suspect of Tesla today because how come Elon got away with making an electric car? But how come GM didn't get... How come GM didn't have the right to the electric car in the 80s? And it's hilarious because we have this like mantra or we have this belief nowadays of global warming and climate change. And we could have had electric cars in the fucking 80s, bro. And they all attribute like global warming and climate change to fossil fuels and all this bullshit. And fossil fuels is attributed a lot to or gasoline cars attribute a lot to cars right you know pollution blah 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 none of it fucking matters it's all a control mechanism just like covid but i watched that movie and it just sparked a fire within my soul and i'm just like huh why why did they get rid of this back in the 80s if they knew climate change is going to be a big deal and now all that you see on the you see like aoc like blabbering on she doesn't even know like basic civics and she's blabbering on about uh climate change now we have to spend a trillion dollars every year and increase our taxes by 70 percent to uh, accommodate for the dangers of climate change that's allegedly coming you got fucking timers in dc like you have like a countdown clock in fucking Times square of if we don't do this to prevent climate change we're gonna die in eight years all of us are screwed <laughs> it's a fucking joke bro so anyways um so the only two conspiracy theories i really knew from when I was, you know, basically born to when I was 13 was 9-11 and the electric car. And I really didn't even think the electric car was a conspiracy. I, I, like, at the time, I was just like, okay, whatever. They got rid of the electric car. Gas companies wanted to do what they did, make all their money. I, I believe that it was the gas companies that killed the electric car. <clears throat> and then I was 13, right? So I was probably in sixth or seventh grade. Fast forward to... Spring of 2016, 
I think you guys know where I'm going with this. Donald Trump comes onto the scene. And I'll never forget this. My, me and my dad pulled up his computer. We, we sat down at the kitchen table and we watched Donald Trump's, you know, like presidential candidate announcement in Trump Tower. You know, we saw like him like ride down the escalator that the Simpsons predicted back in the 80s or 90s or whatever the fuck it was because the Simpsons fucking predict everything. Hashtag predictive programming. Um, and we watched that entire presidential campaign announcement. And right then and there, my dad put some money down on Trump to win the fucking presidency. And he won a pretty handsome purse for that. You know, I think it was like plus like 30,000 odds for him right when he announced. So my dad made some good money off that. But um, Trump was a big part of my life. I was notorious in my area for loving Donald Trump. People hated my guts at my high school for supporting Donald Trump. Um, Arguably one of the best days of my life is probably the top five best days of my life was when Donald Trump won the election and then the next morning at school. And I'm from the D.C. area and just to see all of these libtards hysterically crying in the hallway. I wore a Trump mask to school that day and... I didn't even make it five feet into the building before a security guard came up to me. He's like, you can't wear that mask. And I'm like, what if it was a Hillary mask and Hillary had one? And he said, take the fucking mask off. He didn't even bother to answer the question. And then I, I, I went to fourth period, like right before lunch. It was my English class. Um, and the super hot English teacher, but every English teacher is a fucking lib, right? She was hot though, but she has us. She has the desk set up for a uh, Socratic seminar. If you're from the public school area in you know, uh, Montgomery County, Maryland, you know exactly what the fuck a Socratic seminar is. And we're like, we were like, usually like you get notified about a Socratic seminar like two or three days in advance. We walk in, we're like, are we having a Socratic seminar today? And she goes, no, we're going to discuss the current political climate of this country. And I raised my hand right away. And I was like, Miss Treadle, um, will we be having this conversation if Hillary Clinton had won the election? And she goes, go to the office right now. And I went to the office and I was just like, I got kicked out for questioning my teacher. We're having a political debate about why, like about the current climate of our uh, country. And I asked her if we'd be having this conversation if Hillary had won. And she didn't bother to answer the question and sent me down here. Um, But it was still such a great day. Oh, my God. The liberal tears that were flowing that day. It was truly unbelievable. But regardless, I kind of got sidetracked there. For probably two or three years of my life, I was distracted by Trump. And I was just so into Trump and the mainstream flow of politics. But conspiracy theories weren't really on my mind that much. It was all Trump. And then... I was just browsing on YouTube. I think I was a junior in high school. It was actually, I, I want to say I was a senior in high school. So it was probably like a year or two into Trump's presidency. And I just got into the YouTube conspiracy theory rabbit hole. This is when YouTube didn't give a fuck about like censoring shit. Like you can't find the videos that I watched when I was in high school today because YouTube got rid of them all because they're all fucking communists. They're not even communists. They're just evil at this point. <laughs> 
But I've stumbled upon a theory called Pizzagate. And this theory kind of went into how, like, all of these mainstream politicians and basically, like, the richest people, the most popular people in the world are all fucking pedophiles. And at the time, it was completely over my head. I I could not believe it. I was just like, what the fuck is this? And, uh... It was just way too over my head. It was, like, something that I just, like... My mind wasn't, like, as developed as it is today for me to comprehend it. So I kind of just disregarded it. And then... Go to college, you know, I'm just focusing on school. And then COVID hits. I got suspended from the school I went to for a semester. So I was already back home when COVID like hit the first time in spring of 2020. So when COVID hit, it was just, it was fucking insane. Like all of my professors at the current university I was going to, I was at the University of Maryland when I was suspended from the other school. I'm not going to disclose my full identity until I'm like as big as CNN. Um, the goal of this podcast is kind of to get to get more weekly listeners than CNN does weekly viewers. And then when people ask me, what's your source? I'm just going to be like, I have more viewers than CNN. Suck my dick. But sidetracking. I was at the University of Maryland at the time and COVID was allegedly coming out and all my professors are like, yeah, there's probably not a chance in hell I'm going to be seeing you for the rest of the semester. I'm like, what the fuck is this dude talking about? And then sure enough, Monday rolls around and they announce that, you know, everyone's going on lockdown. You saw the stock market completely crash. You saw crypto crash. You saw Bitcoin go down. No, you saw Ethereum that day at like $80. If you bought Ethereum at $80 on the day that they announced the lockdown, (laughs) Ethereum is worth fucking four grand right now. So that's like arguably the best investment opportunity of your lifetime right there. But people were selling, you know, but sidetracking again, COVID rolls around and my family spends a day or two inside. And then my dad goes, you know, like we, we see like all these like news reports on the we see all these news reports of people saying, oh, the hospitals are so goddamn crowded. You got tents pitched up and outside of the hospitals to test everyone for COVID. So my dad's just like, you know, I don't believe these motherfuckers. Let's go to like all the hospitals in our area because we had nothing else to do. You know, we were cooped up in our house. He's like, let's go to all the hospitals in an hour radius of our house and see just how packed they are. And all of the hospitals had tents pitched up, right? There was not a goddamn soul at any of these hospitals. Like, literally, like, it wasn't just the tents that were empty. It was the fucking parking lot, parking garages. Me and my dad did our due diligence and went up every single, like, row of the parking garages just to make sure there was no one there. So we're like, okay, what's, like, really going on? And during COVID, like, you know, I believe it's a complete scam. It's nothing but a control mechanism to keep you enslaved to the global elites. But where was I going with this? Fucking COVID, bro. I had so much time on my hands to research, you know, a bunch of conspiracy theories 
And I had some friends send me like two hour long movies. I watched this one movie called uh, The Fall of the Cabal. And I watched this other movie called Out of Shadows. And in both of these movies, I learned so much more about Pizzagate and about the pedophiles and everything. Another insane conspiracy theory that I learned through uh, specifically Out of Shadows was Operation Mockingbird. And essentially back in the Cold War era, the CIA completely infiltrated the mainstream media, Hollywood, and radio telecommunications and essentially brainwashed the public to hate Russia, right? And at the time, it was a really good idea because I support capitalism. I'm completely against communism. And the CIA used that operation to basically deter the public from supporting communism, right? So it was good at first. But especially if you pay attention to the mainstream media today, Who's to say that they stopped that operation? You know, the CIA director that directed Operation Mockingbird was, we'll know this operation is successful when the entire American public believes nothing but false truths. I mean, I'm kind of paraphrasing that quote, but it's along the lines of that. But you have ha- currently you have half, at least half of the population who is so goddamn petrified by a virus that has a 99.98% chance survival rate. It is fucking absurd. Like I crunched the numbers on my Snapchat story. And if you are fully boosted, you have a one times 10 to the negative fourth percent chance of dying of COVID. You have a better chance of dying in a fucking car accident than you do of dying from COVID if you're completely boosted. It is, if you think that Operation Mockingbird still isn't in effect to this day, I'm sorry. I think you're an NPC. I think you're a non-playable player, non-playable character. Sorry. Like one of those people in GTA that like, you're just like on like the run, you've got five stars and you like run into a car and then the person like dies and like their head is just laying on the horn. You're an NPC, you know, you're completely asleep. But I got into Operation Mockingbird and everything like that during COVID. And I've basically just been posting conspiracy theories on my Snapchat story ever since. And people always swipe up. I'm telling people from every single ethnic ethnic background and political background and people that hated my guts in high school are swiping up saying, you know, you kind of make sense. And I kept posting all these stories. I, I've, I'm very, very adamant with my Snapchat stories. And I've gotten a bunch of people that have swiped up saying, you should start a podcast. And, you know, here we are. But I kind of just want to describe to you guys my like background, how I kind of obtained the view that I obtained. And honestly, with everything that's going on in the world, this is my current view of the world. <sighs> We're all basically, especially the American public, but it really is the entire world. But more specifically, the American public has been victims of psychological warfare by the government and the mainstream media since September 11th, 2001. 
what happened on September 11, 2001. We had the alleged terrorist attacks, right? I work as a surveyor in the D.C. area, and I work right by Andrews Air Force Base, you know, like setting grading points for uh, sub- neighborhood subdevelopments. And I see jets flying all day long. And what did we hear on September 11th? Oh, we had no jets in the immediate airspace to follow the plane that went to the Pentagon. Dude, there are Air Force bases everywhere. Everywhere. And they're saying that there were no jets in the immediate airspace? My dick. So, <laughs> like, I, I can make like a two-hour podcast just deep diving into 9-11, which I probably will do at some point. But we've all been victims of psychological warfare since September 11th, 2001. What happened after September 11th? The American public, September 11th was the most bloody day in American history since the Battle of Antietam in the Civil War. Give me a break. I got to rip this hide real quick. So 9-11, bloodiest day in American history since the Civil War. And we're all, everyone's a sheeple at that point. Like they're all victims of the mainstream media. We needed someone to point the finger to. So we point the finger to none other than Al-Qaeda and Osama bin Laden. And somehow these, sand, these people that live in the fucking mountains in Afghanistan on a PC that had maybe one bar of Wi-Fi managed to pull off the most historic terrorist attack in American history is completely beyond me. But nobody questioned it. You know, everyone wanted to point the finger at someone. So the American government points at Al-Qaeda and essentially starts a war that lasted for 20 years that didn't do jack shit. It actually only benefited the Chinese because now the Chinese has all of our uh, weapons designs. But what you see in the uh, American media after 9-11, you saw politicians pointing the finger at, you know, the Muslim population. The Muslim population after 9-11 was completely demonized. I mean, like, I remember being a kid and asking my parents about 9-11, or asking my mom, because my dad knew what the fuck was up. But my mom, I was like, so why did they do this? And they're like, that's just a part of their religion. And then, like, I've, you know, like, I'm, like, quote-unquote educated, because I've been through, like, the college system. Islam and Christianity are almost identical. I mean, it's, it's like, we just kind of point the finger at all of Muslim and Islam and kind of just assumes that everyone in that religion was like that. At least I didn't. And like, it's like kind of like toxic to admit, but like, that's what I thought about a lot of Muslims when I was a kid based off what my mother taught me about them. And I went through college and learned that their religion is pretty much identical to Christianity. The only, the only main difference is their prophet is Muhammad. Christianity's prophet is Jesus, and then their God is Allah. Um, and we kind of just assumed that everyone in Islam was like Al-Qaeda, when in reality, it was just maybe 0.5% of Islam, just like how like the Ku Klux Klan is 0.5% of Christianity. Or like... I, uh, So what did that do? What did 9-11 really accomplish? It kind of gave government, the American government, an excuse to infiltrate every American person's 
privacy. You know, if you are not familiar with Edward Snowden and you're listening to this for the first time and you've never seen the movie Snowden, you aren't familiar with Edward Snowden, stop what you're doing right now and watch Snowden. On It's available on Netflix, which is even more ironic. But if the NSA, like the NSA has full access to everything you've ever searched on your phone, they can track you. And it's it's crazy. So Bush was kind of in, you know, the office was it was a president kind of just to how do I say this right? Bush was a president that essentially gave up your privacy to the American government. And for eight years, the NSA had complete access. I mean, to to this day, the NSA has complete access to everything you've ever done on the internet. And they can look you up. They can watch you on your phone. They can watch you on your computer. That's why people put um, masking tape on their computers, if you weren't aware to that. But fast forward to Obama. Obama just came out of nowhere. <laughs> and what did Obama's presidency do? It did nothing but attack masculinity. This is one of my favorite sayings of all time. Joe Rogan loves it too. Strong men create good times. Good times create weak men. Weak men create hard times. Hard times create strong men. Obama's presidency was nothing more than weakening the male population of the United States. Because what did you see? They... I mean, I'm not against gay marriage. I'm not against you being gay. You know, you do whatever. If you like getting dick up your ass, I don't care. But they not only legalized gay marriage, they put it on a pedestal above everyone else. You're brave for being gay in today's climate. Nobody gives a fuck. You guys are the ones that are like saying that it's bad to be gay. What else did you see? Now, it's kind of cool to accept that there are fucking 72 genders. I mean, Obama's presidency was nothing more than an attack on masculinity. And it's done nothing but bit us in the ass, especially with, with what's going on with COVID right now. The transgenders are the most are the most outspoken people when it comes to COVID. So... Obama's presidency is coming to an end, and it looks like Hillary Rodham Clinton is going to win the election until Donald Joseph Trump comes onto the scene, and Donald Trump flips the establishment on his head. Donald Trump's a rich man, so it made sense how he had the money to get into power, get into political power, but he was not a part of the establishment. He was not a part of the global elite. How do I say this? When Donald Trump came in there, he flipped the entire establishment on his head. And that's when, you know, you see Donald Trump always saying fake news this, fake news that. And then the conspiracy theory, Operation Mockingbird, just makes 20 times more sense when he's saying fake news, fake news, fake news. It's like, wait, it is, it's not just fake news. It's the fucking CIA trying to make this guy look like a bad man. So Trump comes on the scene. And if you guys aren't familiar with Alex Jones, 
Alex Jones, I've been watching Alex Jones since I was in high school, probably like a year before Trump came into the onto the scene. And then I became a really big fan of Alex Jones after Trump was inaugurated because he had a guy named Owen Schroyer that would go to all these like protests against like Trump and against all the shit that he was doing. And he would basically counter protest the protesters. And he would eat these people alive. It came to a point where literally this guy would walk up to people like wearing like vagina hats and like ask them their opinion. And other women that are like completely sterile and are vegan and probably are probably still virgins to this day would come up and be like, do not talk to this guy. Like he's going to kill you. Like he's going to eat you alive. And he he would just be like point proven right here, ladies and gentlemen. He, he, Owen Schroyer is fucking amazing. One of my favorite people of all time. But he got me into all these conspiracy theories, especially Alex Jones. But Alex Jones, dude, he fucking was predicting this shit, this COVID shit, like a a complete, like, what's it called? Like a disease or a pandemic that would wipe out the public. He was predicting this back in like 2009, dude. But he was saying that it was a plan by the elites since like the 1930s when like John D. Rockefeller was at the height of his monopoly or I, I actually it might have been the 1920s if you are not familiar with the rockefellers the rothschilds the warren family and how powerful the vatican is you've got to stop what you're doing and look into what these people are doing how powerful these people are they are the people that pull the strings on everything they have all of the money in the world they control the central banks. The central banks control the Federal Reserve. And the Federal Reserve is not a government entity. It is a private entity. They have their own police force. And they determine our interest rates, right? So I digress. Alex Jones predicting... Uh, Alex Jones essentially predicted COVID back in 2009. But he was using data from you know the 1930s. He was using theories from... Dating back to the 1920s, 1930s. But imagine if Hillary Clinton was in office instead of Trump. Because COVID was inevitable. COVID was coming no matter who was in office. If it was Hillary, it would have been 10 times worse. This podcast would not exist today if Hillary Rodham Clinton was elected in 2016. Because she would have rolled out a vaccine it would have been government required. It would have been completely mandated. And people like me would be sent to these concentration camps, these COVID education camps um, for speaking out against getting the vaccine. Also, keeping account, that 2016 election was so fucking important because Trump basically enlisted Three Supreme Court judges. The Supreme Court is literally the last line of defense. If like Joe Biden like goes crazy and that decides to just do an executive order on this uh, build back better deal that Joe Manchin is like blocking right now, God bless his soul. The Supreme Court can stop that, or at least they should, because it's Republican majority in there. So where am I going with this? Where am I going with this podcast? I kind of just want to... We can do anything with this. It's kind of up to you guys. 
I'd love to just monitor the mainstream news and just kind of look at it from a conspiracy theorist perspective. I mean, I believe that this Omicron variant is only relevant because we're in the middle of Gillian Maxwell's trial. What else did you see during Gillian Maxwell's trial? You saw the media hyping up Kyle Rittenhouse's trial, you know, full media access to that trial, but to a trial that involves every single multi-billionaire and trillionaire in the world being allegedly involved with child sex trafficking, you don't have access to it. You can't even listen in. You have to rely on Twitter accounts that are in there live reporting everything that's going on. And then Twitter bans those accounts. (laughs) It's like, how much more clear can it get for these sheeple? It's fucking absurd. It's fucking absurd. But where I want to go with this is kind of just watch the news from a person's perspective like myself and share with you guys like what I think. And then we can also just have specials where I just go into conspiracy theories that I love. I could have a two-hour special talking about 9-11. I could have a two-hour special talking about Operation Mockingbird. I can have an hour-long special talking about Project Paperclip. I can have a two-hour special talking about Pizzagate. The list goes on and on and on. I'm also going to be bringing on some guest speakers, and like these guest speakers are nothing crazy. They're just friends of mine that I met in college, friends of mine from my hometown too. Um, but that's kind of where I'm going with this sheeple moment of the week. We're going to have a sheeple moment of the week every single episode. This week's sheeple moment of the week is kind of obvious. You know, it's the day today's Christmas Day when I'm recording this. Yesterday, a guy called in to uh, Joe Biden and Joe Biden when they were doing their phone calls. And the guy says, Merry Christmas. And, uh, oh, let's go, Brandon. And Joe Biden goes, <laughs> let's go, Brandon. I agree. It was fucking amazing. If I can figure out how to edit this shit and put the clip on this uh, episode, I will. But Sheba Moment of the Week, it wasn't even close. It goes to Joe Biden. And Joe Biden's going to be getting a lot more Sheba Moments of the Week for this shit. So... Um, I appreciate all of you guys for listening in. This podcast is going to make history. If you've listened to this podcast at this point, it's the equivalent of buying Bitcoin when Bitcoin hit its low at like 10 cents. You know, you're at the beginning of something fucking amazing. We are going to take over the podcast world. CNN is going to become irrelevant based off of this podcast. And the sheeple are either going to tie the noose and hang themselves or submit to what I'm saying and wake the fuck up. I love all you guys. Sheeple, go. Bye.